Welcome to The Seller's Corner, an e-commerce podcast with real stories from real sellers. Each episode, we sit down with online sellers all across the globe and talk about overcoming challenges, scaling, and putting processes around their online businesses. Welcome to the show. Hey, this is Joanna, and I run marketing at Accelerlist. In this episode, we talk to John Muscarello from Pennsylvania. He tells us how he quit his nine to five to sell full time and how you can do the same. Today, we are talking to John Muscarello and just about his seller journey that allowed him to quit his full-time job. How are you, John? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Can't complain. <laughs> that's always good. I mean, it's Friday, so I mean... Yeah, that's always a plus. Do you want to tell us how you got started with selling online? Yeah, sure. I started back in 2017. I actually wasn't selling online. I was actually selling locally. I was selling furniture, Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist and OfferUp. Those kind of apps where I would just pick it up for like a table and chairs for like $50 and sell it for like 200 on another app. And after a year, like it went pretty well. And I was like, wow, this is great. But then when the holidays rolled around, I'm originally from New York. So I traveled, I don't know, the last probably two weeks of the year. Like the business dried up because like I physically had to be there. So I was looking for something I could do online. And I started just looking and watching YouTube videos and uh, came across that you could sell books on Amazon. And I just started going to thrift stores. I got all the software and just started going. And now I quit my full-time job. I've been full-time for about a year now. And it's been a crazy journey, but I love it. Pretty cool. So how did it feel to quit the full-time job? It felt amazing. It was like a tough decision. It wasn't, it wasn't. Like I didn't know if I was like fully ready, but there was just a lot going on at work and like I wasn't happy. So I was just like, you know what? Like I have like a good runway, like saved up in the bank. And like, you know what? If it doesn't work out, I guess I could always get another job. But deep down, like I knew it could work. Like I've been doing it probably like a year and a half before I quit, maybe two years. So I had a pretty good, like sales are very consistent. It wasn't just like I was doing like a thousand dollars and like, oh, if I quit, I could do like $8,000. Like it was very consistent. So I felt like very comfortable making a leap, but like, yeah, it just felt like amazing. And when they sent the email out that like I was leaving to do my own thing, like it just felt like so surreal. Like working all these like nights and weekends, like it finally all paid off. Did you have like a moment of panic right after? Like, oh no, I just quit my job. (laughs) I did. Probably the first four to six weeks, I was like, oh my God, did I make the right decision? Like, it's just weird. Like, now all of a sudden, like, you're used to doing this thing on the side. And now it's like you could do it all the time. And like, things just change. Like, you're used to going to like, the same thrift stores in your neighborhood after work. But now like you have to do a lot more and like, that's just not going to cut it. So I quickly was like, Oh, like I have all these routes in different States I was doing. So I was doing that. And then I was like, wow, like this is a lot of traveling. Like, I don't know, like if this is like sustainable. And then like, I basically started doing bulk books. I found a supplier and I liked that much better. It's easier to control your time. Like you're not really competing with anyone else. Like you could kind of scan on your own time and 
I mean, it comes with its problems, but like once you have everything kind of solved, I like it better. Do you mainly sell books or do you still do like furniture stuff? I now pretty much all books. I do DVDs and CDs as well, but for the most part, it's all books, Amazon and some stuff on eBay. So what does like a typical workday look for you? Like now that you're doing this full time? A typical workday, I like to get up early. I'm trying to get up by at least 536. So basically I'll get up. I kind of check my like seller central, make sure everything's okay. There's no issues. Then I go to where the books are stored usually. And then I'll start scanning for the day and I'll go through everything. Yeah. I just start scanning for most of the day. So take a little break for lunch and then I'll drop off any packages for eBay or any merchant fulfilled orders. Then I'll probably go back and scan to like, I don't know, maybe like five, six o'clock. And then, yeah, I'll go home and then kind of relax a little bit. Then kind of just check orders, maybe post stuff on eBay, get stuff shipped for the next day. And then, yeah, kind of start all over again the next day. I recently just hired a lister, so that's going to be super helpful. I would usually like sort the books that I like got that day at night. But now every Thursday, I drop them all off at her house and she's been listing. I know that quite a few people work from home when they're doing this. Do you have like a separate location that you actually work from? from? I do. So I have an office at my home and I have two storage units and we're about to get a warehouse. So we were looking at like two or three spaces. Like we're kind of close. So for the most part, I go to the storage units and eventually once I get the warehouse. Everything will be moved to the warehouse and I'll do everything there. Do you feel like you've scaled your business really quickly or has it been like a, just a steady progression to this point? Yeah, I think I have scaled this pretty quickly. It's just me right now. Well, I did hire a lister. So like I'm very excited for like, you know, getting a warehouse and like actually hiring someone to help out. I think I could scale it much faster, but I basically... Since I've been full time, I probably like 3x my sales from when I was just doing it on the side. I've really been doing a lot of eBay lately as well. So, I mean, that's been a huge game changer as well. How do you think this year has changed your business? Like with the pandemic and stuff, has it actually changed or has it boosted sales? I would say so. It's a mix. So, for me, I was super grateful that I have a bulk model. So like when all the thrift stores closed and everything, it really didn't affect me because my suppliers were still working. One of my suppliers, he wasn't able to like bring books to me because like our state was shut down. But the person who was in state that I used was able to bring books to me. So I mean, that was pretty beneficial. I think sales were definitely higher because a lot of people are at home. So that was a boost, but it's very different. I think now I think having the bulk model and also what I did really learn is also having another place to sell because forget what it was. I think it was in April, but Amazon stopped taking books and media for Mm -hmm. about two weeks, I think it was. So then I really started to learn how to sell on eBay. And I started like taking like things I'd usually like send to like the person who picks up my duds. And like sell those on eBay. So I really learned how to sell on eBay. And now it's like a nice chunk 
of my business. Like I've continued to sell on eBay. So I think like you just have to be diversified. And I think like it's also important, like a lot of people will ask me, oh, when did you quit your job? Like, you know, how much money did you have? And I think that's like a huge key is like you have to have like money set aside. Like when I quit my job, I had about eight months in savings. If I made no money in the business and I'd be totally fine. And like when COVID hit, like I was super calm because like I knew like it was only going to be like, well, obviously COVID has is still going on. But in terms of Amazon, I was like, it's just a short period. Like you have plenty of money saved in the bank. Like just keep doing what you can. And like eventually like, yeah, my supplier started working again. I started getting books and I think it'll also help down the line. I know a lot of people who probably haven't shopped on Amazon almost had to out of necessity because they couldn't get goods. And I think they'll continue to shop on there. So it could be good for the future. Yeah. E-commerce definitely saw a boom this year. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just crazy to see, even to see Amazon struggle to like acquire the demand that they had to like shut down you know, shipments. And then I just saw an article the other day. I think they're hiring almost like 2,000 people a day. Either mm-hmm. 1,000 or 2,000 people a day. Yeah, to keep up with demand and shipping yeah. and all that. I mean, we all sat at home and we wanted to order things. So <laughs> either out of stress pretty or necessity. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, like when you have like a lot of people, it really bodes to like what's happening in society. So I feel like a lot more people went to social media as well. And I think like when you're on social media, like, you know, people run ads and you start seeing stuff and like you're on Amazon and then all of a sudden you see in your Facebook feed. I think like it just really encourages like a lot of shopping. Yeah. What state are you actually based in? Pennsylvania. Okay. Is there like a big selling community around you or... I do know like a handful of sellers that are in Pennsylvania, but I don't know a lot. I mean, I know maybe one or two other booksellers, but for the most part, I really don't know too many other people. But yeah, I mean, I think like a lot of people come and go as well. So it's kind of hard to keep track of everyone. But for the most part, I think some people with the pandemic stopped. But for the most part, I mean, I think. There's probably not a ton, but there could be a ton. I just don't know about it. Yeah, I don't expect you to know everybody in Pennsylvania. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, if I did, I'd probably, oh my God, there's so many people. So what are some of the things that you wish you had known before you started selling? I think what I wish I've known is to really like invest in the business within like a month or two. Like I was using AccelerList. I was using Scout IQ. Pretty much, I got like a Bluetooth scanner. It just makes everything so much faster. Looking back at it now, like when newer sellers reach out to me, they're like, oh, I'm having trouble like listing in Seller Central. I'm like, I don't even know how to do it anymore. Like, it's been so long since I've done that. And I mean, the more you can, I would say like, if you can, don't take anything out of the business. So when I was working my full-time job, you know, everything that like I made on Amazon just stayed in the business. I didn't take money out. Like I basically just saved it all up because I knew one day I wanted to do it full-time. So I think that's important. 
I'm actually really like mad at myself for probably not hiring a lister because I've only been working with the person for two weeks and it's like made my life so much easier. <laughs> so I think maybe take the leap and like kind of look at, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Like, and that, that's what kind of occurred to me. Like, oh, it doesn't work out. I have to list the book. Like I have to list them anyway. So like, why not just give it a try? Yeah. So the last episode, we had someone mention that they actually got inspired by TikTok to get into selling. Was there like a resource that or something you saw that really like inspired you to get started? I've always been very almost entrepreneurial. My dad's always owned his own businesses. And when I was younger, I've always worked for him. I just love the idea of business. And like, I was the kid like working on the weekends instead of hanging out with my friends. I just loved it. And like the idea of like being able to make money and like not have to count on anyone has always been really appealing to me. And I've had like blogs in the past. Like I've always been like in like the space or like trying to do something. I would say there's a lot of like probably YouTube videos that I've watched and kind of been inspired by or like, oh, like you could do that. I feel like a lot of people on Instagram, I've been to a couple of turn the page conferences, which is it's just crazy to see like what everyone's up to. Like we're all doing the same thing. And it would seem like everyone would do it the same way. But everyone has their little different tweaks or spin on the business and like mm-hmm. applying what they're doing like could definitely impact your business or like sometimes you're just so in the business that like you don't see the most obvious thing that you could do. Do you find that those were helpful in the past though to just like gain insight into other people's workflows and processes and stuff? Oh yeah, without a doubt. I think like anytime you could like see how or even just hear how someone else does it, even if you don't do it exactly how they do it, maybe there's like a little tweak to it that like works for you. I mean I think at the conferences too like it's kind of wild because like if you're on Instagram, the people you talk to all the time, like they go to the conferences too. So you actually get to meet them in person. So that kind of develops that relationship. I think the reselling community is just like an awesome community. They're always super helpful, always willing to help. So it's great to like be able to go to the conferences and even share like what I'm doing. And like, so hopefully that helps them. Yeah. I know that you have your own website. Do you want to share some information about that? Like, why did you start it? Was it to help others, basically? Yeah, so SideHustleExperiment.com is a blog I started to kind of document my process. I haven't really had the chance to update it that much. Basically, this has just been a crazy year. But basically, in 2021, I really plan to do a lot more content. And yeah, it's basically to help people get started. For me, one of the reasons this whole thing started is when I had my full-time job we agreed on like a certain salary and within the six months if i like did good like they would bump it up to a certain amount so like i did the thing and everything happened and when it came to the end of the year like when they usually give out raises they're like we already gave you a raise i was like no like that was like promised up front you said if you hit this like we'll give you this like that's not the raise or like no like that's how it is and like right then and there, I'm like, there's no way in hell that like I could let someone else be like in charge of like what, how much money I can make. And that's when I really started to think, I'm like, I got to do something. And then I basically started like flipping furniture and, and yeah, it just all like worked out. 
So you've mentioned the community before. So did you find the community, like the seller community helpful at all times? Did you run into some things that were less helpful? Yeah, I think so. It is like a weird, so sometimes I think about it. It is a weird concept. So basically like you're asking a bunch of strangers you've never met, like you have no idea what their business looks like, but like you asked for advice. But I would say like, there's a lot of good advice out there. And again, like with advice, like you don't have to take it necessarily. I do think there is, you know, with anything, some negative people who like, you know, don't like when um, people ask like, I guess, newbie questions or whatnot. But I feel for the most part, like it's a nice community. and Yeah, everyone seems to be super helpful. And I think... What I would give advice to people, if you are going to go into Facebook groups and ask for help, or even like message people on Instagram, like almost ask a question that like you can't Google. Like, I'm always happy to say like, like when you say, oh, like what software are you using to list? There's only like a couple out there. Like ask me something that like you can't find on the internet or Something like, oh, like, I have too many books. Like, how do you list the fastest? Like, that's a good question. Like, ask very specific questions. Like, say, hey, this is what I tried. This is what I'm thinking. Like, what does everyone think? Don't just be like, how do I get started? Like, there's plenty of content you can learn on your own. And then be like, hey, I threw this video about how to get started, but I'm not. Should I get this or that? Or should I go this way or that way? Like, that's much more helpful. And you'll get a much better answer and like a quicker direction. I think one of the best benefits of the group is like a lot of people have been there. So like there are questions that I've asked, like, does anyone have this happen? And everyone's like, oh, yeah, you just do this and that. And then it lets me help someone else if that question's asked to tell them what to do. So I think it's really great. I find with different communities that I've been a part of and when someone's an entrepreneur, There's a lot of people that see that, see the success, and they're kind of want the lazy, easy way to get information. So they're like, please tell me all your secrets. And, you know, that's not the way to do it. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely see that too. And I think one of the hardest parts, I think, of the business is it's almost like glorified in a way. Like you don't see that much bad stuff happen. Like you don't see how long everyone really works or how much work is actually put into it. So we're like, Hey, like I'm sending a thousand books to Amazon. I was like, Oh my God, how'd you do that? But like, if you told them like, well, it took like 20 hours to scan through all the books, another like five hours to list them. And then like I had a problem printing the label. So it took an extra hour. It's just like, Oh, I sent all these books to Amazon. I was like, that's amazing. It's hard to like actually say, hey, like this is a lot of work. It's not easy. Like there's always problems. Amazon's always changing. It's more just like, you know, you really have to like it. And I think like when you do see questions like that in the group, like, what are all your secrets? I'm always just, this person's not going to make it because like it's not about secrets. It's like very hard because everything's like situational. There are some like people like, I'm in a very like good place where there are a ton of thrift stores. So when I was just going to thrift stores, like it was great, but there are other people that like don't have that many thrift stores 
only works for some people. So like, I think you almost have to like, just make your own way. And when you get stuck and say like, this is what I've been doing. Or like a lot of people like, how many books do I have to sell to do like $10,000 a month? I was like, just start selling books. Like <laughs> you'll find out very quickly, like how long it might take. I think people get trapped in seeing someone's, I guess like Instagram stories or like what they're posting on social media and they think, oh, this is easy. I can do it too. But they don't put the work into it. And I think that's something that's pretty key in book selling on Amazon is consistency and putting in a lot of work into it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. And like, yeah, I mean, I get envious too. Like I see other people posting and I would say that's a big like piece of advice. Like just because you see like big sales numbers, it doesn't exactly mean like, like it's all profit. And I think that's like part of a good thing to do is like meet the people in the community and like build relationships because there've been a couple of times where I'm like, Oh my God, like how do they do that? They have like a bookstore, they have this, they have that. Well, it turns out like they had like a partner and they invested like a lot of money. So like, it's all like relevant. Some people start small, some people start big. And like, it really just works for you. Like what works for you? Like, I don't know if I want like a big giant operation at this point, but like what I'm doing now works for me. Like I'm happy I don't have to work like a nine to five. Yeah. And I still want to grow and stuff like that. But like, I would say just make it like work for you. Don't really worry about what everyone else is doing. Was it tiring at first when you were still working your nine to five? Like, did you work weekends trying to get this running? Yeah. Did so basically, so I would go at lunch to a thrift store that was right by work. And after work, I would go to like three or four thrift stores around my house. I'd do that every night. And then on the weekend, I would usually plan like a big trip, either like to somewhere like an hour away or even sometimes like in another state, like two or three hours away. And yeah, just go all weekend and get everything like listed and shipped out. and. Yeah, it was exhausting. I mean, it's tough. Like, I didn't really see, I didn't really hang out with my friends that much. My family's from New York, so I didn't really get to go there that much. And it was just like one of those things, like, I want to go full time. And like, I just got to put in the time, put in the time. And now, like, yeah, it's a little easier. I mean, I'm in like a, almost like a painful growth stage right now where like I have, you know, I'm getting a warehouse, just make the leap and make some other decisions. But yeah, I mean, it is exhausting. And I think that's, you know, what some people don't realize, like, it is a lot of work, like it is tiring. And like, when you don't want to do it, you just have to like, remember why you like, are doing it in the first place. Yeah, I know you mentioned that now you have someone that's like listing things for you. But you started this all on your own. Did you ever have any like help from family? Or was it really just you? I would say mainly me. My girlfriend has been like a big help. Like she's been outstanding with me. She's also helped list or like grade books before. But yeah, that's like one of the harder parts. Like all my family's in New York. So like it really just like kind of like falls on me. A lot of my friends live like, you know, 45 minutes away. So yeah, I mean, my girlfriend's definitely been a big help and like great for support to like keep going. But yeah, for, I would say for the most part, yeah, it all kind of fell on me. Okay. Did you ever go to like library sales? Like for me, I'm an avid reader. So I go to library sales to get books for myself. So like, did you ever do that? The library thing? 
I have. So I've been to a handful of library sales, and I know a lot of sellers like swear by it, but I just don't like it. Like the atmosphere, how cutthroat it is. It was the last one I went to. Basically, like two or three people were like taken out by like security guards. They were like throwing books at people. Like it was just a mess. So that atmosphere is just not for me. Like I'd rather, you know, go to thrift stores, like mind my own business, not wait on like a line. They're just not for me. I know some people who love that atmosphere. Are you sure you went to a library sale and not like a wrestling match? Like <laughs> you, you would think it was like Black Friday and everyone who shopped got like a 50 inch TV. Like it was insane. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I lived in Germany, so there was like an American library I used to go to for library sales. And that was always crowded and people would shove you aside and stuff. But that's like the the extent of the, I guess, violence. So that's kind of crazy to hear. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was just like, and like a bunch of them were kind of like that. Like you see the same people. I don't know. I feel like it's a very negative atmosphere. You're all like competitors. I feel like there's like a lot of negative talk too, like, Oh, there's so many more people at this one. Like the book industry's die. Like all just like a lot of negative stuff. And like I just don't want to be around that in general. But yeah, it also like I think it works out too because I honestly think partly like almost the bulk model could be like almost one of the best models at this point with like the whole thing with coronavirus. So a lot of library sales got canceled. And it also creates opportunity, like you gotta be smart and like reach out to books so sales that like were canceled because maybe you could like cut a deal and like you know get the books that they were going to sell or i don't know like you have to think outside the box and like if your almost model is um just going to thrift stores i mean it's going to be tough for a little bit yeah what are some of like the book genres that you sell the most or like are the highest selling or that you make the most Uh, profit at or is that like a secret (laughs) no that's a that's no secret. I mean, I've actually, so obviously textbooks are a big one for most people. I would say religious books, law books, music books, art books do well. Most nonfiction biographies. And sometimes there's just like weird stuff you never know will sell. And then for, I've also done like a lot on eBay with like first editions. Those tend to do really well. Like anything like Stephen King or like children's books or popular fiction books or fantasy books. It could just be all over the place. But yeah, yeah, I would say pretty much what you would assume would be like the hotter sellers are pretty much the hotter sellers. Okay. Like I used to do book reviews. Like I had a blog at one point. So publishers would send me books. And like one of the biggest things that I noticed was like young adult, you know, like Twilight-esque <laughs> kind of books yeah. were coming really popular and still are today. Do you like dip into the young adult? Because if not, maybe I'm giving you a tip. Check young adult I, books. <laughs> no, young adult books are really good. So one of the things I would say it's like really good is like to build sets. So like, yeah, like you said, the Twilight books, like Harry Potter that's all like great stuff like as you get those books like just put them aside and hopefully eventually you'll get a set and then you can send it in but yeah i have seen like a lot of kids books sell really well on ebay like i sold like a bunch of vintage clue books 
I think for like $120. It was only like 10 books, maybe. But yeah, definitely yeah, kids' books or like nostalgia type of stuff. Yeah. My thing was goosebumps. Is that a thing that sells well? <laughs> goosebumps do. Like if you can lock them up, they'll sell well. Like you could do Babysitter's Club, like Magic Treehouse. Yeah. Uh, what else? Those are the types of ones. And like, you know, just look them up on eBay. Just put, type whatever. And then just put lot after and see what's sold and see if you could make it work. I always refuse to look because I used to have the complete set of Goosebumps books and they were like perfect oh. condition, but we had like a massive flood in my parents' house and they got oh, totally no. destroyed. So I refuse to look to see how much they go for. Oh my God. Yeah. If you had a complete I'm like, set. I'm like, I don't want to know. I don't know. We do a lot. <laughs> I mean... For you, what's like the best or honestly, what's the worst thing about being a seller if you have a worst thing? <laughs> I feel it's hard to play in someone else's sandbox at times. So like when you sell on Amazon, like you basically have to follow their rules. And as people know, if you don't follow the rules by accident or mistake, they don't really care. And they'll come down on you pretty hard. I mean, you see all these people posting in the group that their account was deactivated and they're trying to like get their money and their inventory is locked out. But on the other hand, like without them, like you don't have a business. So like you just really have to pivot and adapt to what they want to do. I mean, it's also like a lot of work. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. Um, yeah. You know, like I said, I hired someone. So that's been like a big help. So as I hire more people, it'll be less work. But then like, obviously you start to have employees and other problems arise. Like there'll always be problems. Like you just have to get better at solving them. Yeah. I mean, that's with most businesses, you know, you grow and you might get rid of one problem, but you probably gain like three. <laughs> yeah, that's basically like when you start doing bulk book, that's exactly what happens. You finally find a source. You're like, oh, this is amazing. And then like, well, how am I going to get through all these books? Who's going to pick up all the bad ones? Is this a good idea? Like you just, and then like, once you find someone, you're like, okay, like you have this schedule set up. And then like the person who's supposed to deliver the books reschedules and then you have to reschedule the next. So it's always a constant juggle, everything going on. All right. So what's like, the best advice? I mean, you shared some tips and tricks here and there, but what's some advice that you would give to someone that's thinking about starting or just starting out selling? I think if you're just starting out or thinking about getting started, I would say take it serious. So when I say take it serious, I mean, maybe it costs maybe like $200-ish to get like a scanner, some software, professional seller account, and like start the right way. I honestly think a lot of people probably start and stop based on how complicated it can be without the tools. Like if you manually have to list on Seller Central, from what I remember, you don't have like a barcode scanner. Like you're either typing in the name of the book or the ISBN every time, answering like two or three questions. Like who wants to do that? And then like, there's other like have to find the books to like get them in a box like it's just not a good way to get started i feel like you almost need to do it for at least six months 
you're going to get some books. Like a lot of people reach out to me. Oh, I send in books. Account balance is like negative. It's like, well, Amazon always gets paid first. You know, like it takes like a while to like, by the time you start selling, like the fees, like it's going to take a while to get going. But I would say focus on getting books. Like don't yeah. worry about like the balance. Obviously, like if you can or like, I'm not saying like, put all this stuff on a credit card that you can't pay for. I'm saying find ways to get books for free or pay for them. I would say don't focus on like all the negative stuff because everyone's doing that and like it's not helpful. So yeah. if you can find creative ways to get books, use some software to make your life easier. I think you'll like it. And I would say like if you don't, you know, you could sell other things on Amazon or like you could start another business. Like I wouldn't be like, Oh, you have to stick with it. I I think just be flexible and like just try to experiment and do different things. But yeah, I'd say like don't worry about like whatever. Just worry about finding books when you get started. How does Accelerlist kind of help your workflow, or how has it helped you scale your business? Actually, so Accelerlist has been like really great in helping do that. I mean, listing on Seller Central is brutal. So to be able just to have everything, you know, be able to scan everything in and have them like take care of all like the background, you know, not have to answer all these checkbox questions for every book. I mean, it just makes it a lot easier. I mean, the research is right in front of you when you're like trying to choose a price. It just makes it so much easier. So I know that you sell books, but what are some books that you've read recently or this year? I've read Never Split the Difference. That's a book about like negotiating, which I really like. No Ego by Ryan Holiday. It's Mm -hmm. basically a book about like stoicism and like kind of how like you're always in control. And like, I guess sometimes that's hard to uh, remember in certain cases that like there's basically always something you could do. You just can't be like, oh, there's nothing I could do. So there's always something you could do. Those are probably the two that like stick out the most. I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of books on tape. I've listened to the E-Myth this year. That's a really good one. There's just so many that I listen to. It's hard to remember all of them. Yeah. Do you stick to like nonfiction or like kind of like helpful books? Yeah, pretty much all nonfiction for me. Yeah. Okay. I read fantasy. Like that's that I have oh, stacks okay. and stacks of like fantasy books. So <laughs> Wow, yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I've just never... I mean, maybe I should try some. I, I always see them in the Gaylords I get. So maybe I'll pull a couple out and, like, give it a whirl. Yeah. What are your hopes for the future? Because, I mean, right now, it seems like you're pretty content with where you are. But what do you hope for the future for your business and for yourself? Yeah, no, I definitely want to keep growing the business. Like, it's one of those weird things where, like, you're content. But, like, are you ever really content? Like, I think things are going, like, really well for me. But, like, I definitely want to take it to another level. Get a warehouse, maybe get, like, another one or two people to help out. And really, I think for me, I definitely want to do, like, more content to help other people get started. I think that's going to be a big focus for me in 2021. Is really, like, I really do enjoy blogging and podcasting. So I'll probably start a podcast. But yeah, just kind of keep going. I will say like for most people, like it goes fast, but it's also like a slow climb. 
Like you yeah. can only go so fast, like do so much, like especially if you're one person. And yeah, just try to like remember that, you know, just do the best you can. And like if that's all you can do for that day, like eventually like it will add up. You'll really get like the results. But yeah, I feel the future. I mean, it looks pretty bright in my opinion. Like once I get more space, I feel like it'll make things a lot easier. It'll make things more efficient than they are right now. And then yeah, just see where it goes. Yeah. Originally, I was going to ask, because I asked this before, like, where do you see yourself in five years? Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's like five years ago, like we totally answered that wrong. So I'm just afraid to jinx it again. So yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I would have never said, uh, coronavirus is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, so. It would have never crossed my mind. Like, not jinxing it, never asking that again. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's almost, you have to almost like, I heard, so, I forgot what I was watching. It might have been like a YouTube video, but like someone was saying like, you know, like at this point you might have, you could maybe say, oh, like in the future, I'd like this, or I'm going to try to get this within five years. But to almost land, like, I mean, tomorrow Amazon could like kick everyone off the platform. Yeah. I mean, well, they know, but like, you know, like you can't bank on them being, I mean, they'll be in business in five years, but like maybe like a couple of sellers are like selling like, counterfeit stuff and like it kind of ruins it for everyone else or like so i almost think like with anything like when you're almost relying on someone else's platform like you just have to be like careful to like you know know that things can change and just be willing to adapt and like try not to be like super focused on just doing it one way yeah this year's just a strange one and a prime example is like my partner is a tech for musicians like touring musicians so this year was no one was expecting hey no more concerts (laughs) so you know yeah you never know what can happen so yeah i'm just like i'm never asking what do you see in five years ever again yeah that's like the thing too like yeah i didn't really see amazon like not accepting books anymore i mean that's like where they got like started and like that's a big thing for them but like I did like dabble and like starting to do like online arbitrage, sell other goods just to like while they weren't taking books. And yeah, it's just like I wouldn't just get like two sets. I mean, Amazon, I think 66% of the stuff is sold is from like third party sellers like us. So I don't see them really veering away from that anytime soon. But yeah, that know, would be a mistake. Gotta be flexible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I doubt Amazon's gonna be like, all of you out. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think that is either. I do think like that is it's almost becoming more apparent. And we'll see it probably during Christmas time, but like with the whole like price price gouging during like COVID on sanitizer and stuff like that. And I'm sure there'll be I don't know, probably the PS five, like People are in charge of ridiculous prices on Amazon. I think it's something where that comes to light. It makes it a little more challenging. But in terms of books, I don't really think you see that off. Yeah. So where can we find you online? I know you have like the website, the Side Hustle Experiment. and Yep. You can find me on the website, Side Hustle Experiment. You can follow me on Instagram, which is also at Side Hustle Experiment. And yeah, I'm always open. Like, if you ever have any questions, like send me a DM or send me an email. All right. I'm always happy to help. Thank you for your time and sharing your whole story with us.
I'm sure it's going to help and inspire others to kind of get started or just feel inspired to move forward. Yeah, my pleasure. It was great talking with you. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Seller's Corner. If you would like to be a guest on the show, please send an email to podcast at accelerlist.com. Accelerlist also offers a generous 21-day free trial when you enter coupon code PODCAST on the registration page. Now is the time to start with Amazon and break into freedom with your own business.